My name is Mike, 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 Dark, 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 Dark. And I am Richard Wag, Wag, Wagner. We're back. Here we go. Another edition of Radio Waves. My name is Mike Stark. And Richard Wagoner. And Richard is uh, with us to give us this week, next week, and maybe every week from now on, the latest Christmas news in yep. radio. You can't get enough Christmas music news, I think. It's uh, it's like the cowbell thing. Correct. Right. Correct. So uh, that's the lead in your column this week. More Christmas music. More Christmas music. Go Country 105 has become your Christmas destination once more. It, awesome. It's kind of funny. There's people who are reporting it as a country Christmas format. And certainly they are playing some of the country artists' Christmas music. But for the most part, it's traditional Christmas music, honestly. Right. You know, the, the, if you look at the list, it had the typical Ronettes, Steve Lawrence, Edie Gourmet, Andy Williams, Elvis Presley. And then they had a few things like Blake Shelton and Jake Owen and uh, Lady A, as they are called now. Right. But if I were playing Christmas music, I would include these same songs in my list, no matter what format I was playing. So... It's not like there's anything special to it, except for the fact that there's something about the mix that they have that I do tend to like a tiny bit better, maybe, than Coast. Mm. Okay. And I don't know if it's actually that it's when I tune in, but I don't listen all the time. I still kind of like the idea of playing one or two or three Christmas songs per hour. Sure. And playing the regular music the rest of the day. <laughs> fashion like that. But Yeah, exactly. Those days are over, pal. Apparently. Hate to break it to you. It's almost well, like the other stations, they can't do it because you, you can't compete against the 24 hours. And I think the people who are not listening are thinking, oh, God, thank God I don't have to listen to Christmas music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, maybe we're going to take next week off, but we'll be back the week of Christmas. Maybe we can try and get Dave Beezing on and get his take on uh, radio stations playing Christmas music. I, I think and, that's a good idea. Very good. And I, and no doubt in the next two columns, which we will cover uh, the next time we're on, we'll cover two columns. There will be more Christmas stuff, right? I think I, think I actually have two more things to add. <laughs> I just can't remember if, if they're actually a week apart or the same week. I can't remember for sure. Well, along with Christmas, the Christmas spirit is out there, and it always is at radio stations, always has been. It's been a tradition. Uh, and there's some uh, charity stuff going on at, uh, with KFI, right? Yeah, the big event of this year for KFI is their annual Pastathon, which, as you know, started years ago. Uh, it was kind of a partnership with Chef Bruno Serrato and uh, Katarina's Club. Where mm. they, I mean, he's a chef, but he started noticing there were hungry kids around, and he started making meals for them uh, in one of the local um, uh hotels or something, however they were putting the, the some of the low-income uh, uh, families. Right. And he wanted to make sure they were eating hot meals. As it turned out, in this little motel, hotel, whatever it is, they weren't able to make the hot meals. And he started providing them. And it turned into this giant thing. I don't even know if the guy runs his own restaurant anymore or not. But it's really funny. At the time I wrote the column... They were talking about they had raised over $450,000 and almost 10,000 pounds worth of pasta. Wow. Just got the new numbers 
$1,173,803. I love the way they get exact like that. Right. 27,159 pounds of pasta and sauce. That's a lot of pasta and a lot, a lot of green. It is. So I, I think I think this has to be their major fundraiser for the year, and it certainly helps. And it just shows how how generous people really are. I mean, California, Los Angeles, they, they kind of get a bad rap, maybe sure. sometimes diver, deservedly so. Right. But I think we are quite generous when it comes to a lot of things like this, and people come through with things like this. Absolutely, and it's been a tradition in radio to do give back to the community. Uh, throughout the history of radio. But nowadays, with corporate radio, you don't expect it as much, but it still happens. And, it's, that, and it, yeah. it's great It's great to see it. Absolutely. The thing, the thing that's great about KFI is even though they are part of the corporate iHeart, and actually all of the iHeart stations locally, and they do have to deal with the corporate mentality, which I think basically sucks, but they still do allow a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the localness to happen. And that is... Gotcha. Just, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, it's easy to do that with talk radio. That is true. And they do have a lot of local hosts on that station, so that makes it easier. And a lot of oh, local advertisers who have supported, too. That's right. Absolutely. All right. Uh, you did a little section on um, streaming. Yes. Uh, streaming is becoming bigger. It's not that it's huge, but it is bigger. And uh, and so now they're reporting, Edison Research is reporting that 12% of listeners to AM and FM radio listen via online streams. That does include web browsers, apps, and smart speakers. Right. But if this keeps building, I mean, I, it's not going to necessarily happen overnight. And as we've talked about, unless Internet is universally free, it's not the right. same as radio. But I do see it as a potential of basically equalizing radio at one time, all stations would basically have the same signal. You no longer could dominate just because you had the strongest signal. That's that's very true. You're right. We'll be able to uh, monitor how these terrestrial stations are able to compete with the streaming stations and the, pl- the level playing field that apps will, right. will give it. So. Right. I would like to know, and this is something I don't know right now, but I would like to know of the people who listen, are they listening to local stations or are they like me and they're listening to something from uh, Iowa or whatever? Yeah. You know? oh, I, most of the streaming I do, I listen from somewhere somewhere else. I have a buddy that has a station in Champaign, Illinois, so I listen to that station and uh, various stations. Some a former KNAC buddy of mine works in Nashville, and I listen to her station. So yeah, you know, there's a uh, there's a lot more uh, variety to listen to. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the same as the old days where you were, you know, trying to pick up a station from far away through Skip or anything like that. But it is fun to hear someone's local station from a distance and there's a lot out there you just just have to sort of search it out and you can you can search by format on on those streaming platforms so if you know, there's a particular format you want to check out you know find some obscure city and put in the format you want and chances are there'll be a radio station that pops up yep all right and then finally we talked about uh, a FCC commissioner pitch an AM last week, but now you found a senator, a Massachusetts senator, yeah. that is also uh, going to the car 
manufacturers about yeah. AM radio? Tell yeah. us about this. Whether it'll do anything or not, I don't know. But again, it's nice that someone's talking about it. It's Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey. And he sent a letter to 20 automakers, which kind of makes you think there's 20. I didn't realize it. Uh, asking them to provide uh, information on AM radio reception in their vehicles. He basically mm. wants answers to the following questions, which is whether or not they have decided to drop AM radio and why, what are the future plans for AM reception in their vehicles, and if they currently offer HD radio. I find that kind of an interesting sideband question because theoretically HD is supposed to be the future. I'm not so convinced anymore because I think by now it should have gotten a little more traction. But what would happen if AM did ever go fully digital? Would that be something that these cars could even receive? And then we go back to the other streaming story. <laughs> it may not matter. It may it, not. It, you know, I, I think I asked you, you know, we were both HD fans for a long time. And I asked you if you didn't have an HD radio anymore. And your answer was? Well, I have an HD radio in, in my home. In fact, mm -hmm. it's the same one I think you have, that ugly one, that that portable ugly right. one. That right. <laughs> It's a good radio, though, I will say that. Yeah. Uh, but I do not have it in the car. You asked me if if when I got a new car, it had HD radio in it, and it did not. Yeah, and I noticed that my wife's didn't have it, and I didn't really notice it didn't have it because you listen to so many things through apps. And mm -hmm. honestly, the reception is better. One of the problems with HD, the extra channels on FM is because they don't buffer, they're always dropping out, and it makes it right. almost unlistenable in so many different areas. And so many of the AM stations aren't even running HD, let alone their merge back and forth. So maybe, honestly, maybe we go back to just regular AM and FM analog and use apps for everything else. Yeah, and I think eventually it'll all be on apps. And you mentioned... You know, it really won't take hold till Wi-Fi is available everywhere. And I'm not so sure that that isn't too far away, to I, be honest with you. Sooner than we realize, I really yeah, do. Yeah, I think so, too. And if that happens, then I, I would think that the apps are the way to go at that point. You know, yes. so. All right. Anything else going on in the news? Uh, I did notice, and I don't know if you're going to write about it, that uh, the uh, founder of Westwood One, Norm Pattis, passed away. Just right about that, yeah. Yeah, and that's an he he was an important guy in syndicated radio. That is for sure. In the late part of the FM progressive radio time, he figured out ways to package the stuff that was on there, organize it and package it and make it into syndicatable product and did a really good job at it. And he was one of the first people to step into uh, the podcast world with Podcast One, which was uh, his his last endeavor. That's interesting. I did not realize that. Yeah. So, yeah, he was he was a real innovator. Well, anything else? Nothing that I know of. It's kind of a quiet season. Time for layoffs, I guess, but a you know, quiet season other than that. But I'm going to lay off you for the next week because I think we'll take next week off. We'll come back the week of Christmas. Hopefully have Dave Beezing with us and uh, then we'll do a little Christmas show and and then we'll be back the following week for kind of a yearly wrap up of sorts. And uh, hopefully we'll be back with you in 2023. That sounds great. This has been another edition of Radio Waves. Radio Waves.